turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Powered by the Wall Street Business Network. This is Business 1440. KYCR, Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Missouri's Republican-led legislature has approved a sweeping bill to ban abortions at eight weeks. Missouri's bill would include exceptions for medical emergencies, but not for pregnancies caused by rape or incest. Doctors would face five to 15 years in prison for violating the eight-week cutoff. Women who receive abortions would not be prosecuted. Republican Governor Mike Parson is expected to sign the bill. That is correspondent George Bonzotti. The Missouri bill comes on the heels of the nation's most restrictive abortion ban passed earlier this week in Alabama. Mexico's National Chamber of the Iron and Steel Industry is congratulating the country's officials on the agreement reached with the U.S. to end steel and aluminum tariffs. The chamber says in a statement posted online, it considers the deal a strong and very positive step for the industry and the entire region. It also calls it a great advance toward ratifying the new trade deal between the U.S., Mexico, and Canada. This is SRN News. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts WOW11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting WOW11 to 88988. That's W-O-W-1-1 to 88988. Most people would like more freedom to do what they want, when they want, and on their own time. At Online Trading Academy, we will teach you the strategies so you can have the freedom to do those things. Whether you're looking for a supplemental income, how to better manage your 401k retirement account, or even know how to manage your broker, we are here for you. Online Trading Academy is the world leader in financial education. We've helped thousands of people just like you become confident, self-directed investors. Online Trading Academy can provide you with valuable skills that can help you accomplish your goals. Now is the time to get started. Join us this week for a free investing class by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone. Use the keyword OTA. Again, that's pound 250, keyword OTA, or go to learnwithota.com. Again, learnwithota.com. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. I'm excited. This economy is on fire. It's the King Banyan Show. Let me emphasize that correlation is not causation. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Unemployment is low because everyone has two jobs. Please bring on the recession. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now, here's King Banyan. Inflation getting higher. Makes it hard on the buyer. Unemployment on the rise. Well, thank you to John uh, John Berg, our, our program director, uh, for creating another uh, version of the uh, intro. How many do we have now, Andrew? It feels like we've got three different ones in the array there. Precisely. We have three I'm... Three! Wow. And we only get two hours. I wonder if this is a sign that they're going to ask us to do a third hour. And I can make I can make 50% more than I make now. Which, if you do math, is a joke. Uh, was meant that way. 
Let's think about this China pit just a little bit more. Um, and, 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 and then I want to I get to uh, uh, R. R. Andrew interviewing uh, Andrew Yang and talking about universal basic income. We'll do that in the next segment. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll let people know that that's there. Um, look, the... The, so the first piece, which we talked about in the last hour, and if you did, if you missed the last hour, if you just showed up. Oh my goodness, you missed a great hour. It was, it was. We've talked about about the state of the U.S. economy and the fact that the hand that that the pres that President Trump is playing right now in the trade war was strengthened by seeking allies on the one hand by reducing the tariff frictions with any of the other countries he's dealing with, focusing on China, and secondly by going to the place where you probably have the broadest agreement across the United States and the world, which is the state-owned enterprises in China, such as Huawei, are the ones where we should focus our own, focus most. For some time, you know, I'm no fan of the trade war. I'm, I'm kind of bummed out about it. Indeed, I've been bummed out about it for a while, largely because here in central Minnesota, the impact, particularly of the agricultural portions of this, have been rather have been rather harsh. Okay, indeed, um, I as I was looking for material for the show today, I found a couple clips from from uh, a couple clips from a piece that was done on a local TV station in Evansville, Indiana. Um, talking to the, the, a local farmer and a, and the local president of their or CEO of their chamber of commerce, the local farmer they spoke to in Evansville is named uh, Joe Steinkamp, um, and he's talking he's talking about his inability to imp, to export food. Let's play cut number eight, please. We want to put the seed in the ground and grow the crops to feed not only people in the United States but around the world and. And if we can't export it to feed those people, then uh, where are they going to get all their food? Well, the answer is they're going to get their food from someplace else, right? It, but it means that Joe doesn't get to spend, get to uh, spend his money and create some problems, creates problems for him. So you're going to see more of these stories because I think the focus on farmers is something that pl- pulls at the uh, pulls at the heartstrings of people. But for folks like us here in Central Minnesota, where I can drive 15 minutes in almost any direction and I'm at a farm. Um, somewhere, somewhere in 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 this state, um, it's stories like this that matter to us. Let me cut. Let me jump down to. Let me move on uh, to cut number nine, where he talks about what the impact of that inability to sell means to this farmer, Joe Steinkamp from Evansville, Indiana. Cut number nine. Lower prices mean less income. Less income means less things that we can spend money on that we want to. And anytime you don't get to spend money the way you want, it's always a disadvantage. So, you know, we'd like to update some equipment, but we're sure not going to do it in this situation. So all that investment that you were hoping on is not going, not not happening. So we're hearing those types of stories. Um, we'll, we'll set aside the other cut from the, from the, from the chamber, Andrew. We're not going to play that in this segment. But focusing on the 5G story it, 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 in Huawei, I think, has concentrated the mind quite a bit. There are a couple other pieces to this, but I wanted to ask Andrew, because I'd asked him to look at, this, look at this issue for me. First of all, I was kind of surprised to know the, the extent to which the, the 4G networks that we have out there are already employing the technology of Huawei. Um, uh, Andrew, what have you learned about this? So 5G networks operate kind of analogously towards 4G networks, except there's a higher bandwidth and there's another level of the data distribution and uh, uh, inputs. So in the case of a 5G network, it expands the the broadcast frequency of the radio signal um, from 4G in order to have a higher amount of data that can get transferred at one time. Because there's more data being transferred, they need uh, more smaller-scale distribution points because 5G actually has difficulties going through uh, solid surfaces. And so, say in the case of, like, Mall of America, they would need multiple 5G distribution points across their 
uh, location. And then that uh, has a multi-input, multi-output technology where uh, its data rate is massively increased, not just because it has more bandwidth, but because it can intelligently distribute and route information to and from the phones in order to be able to maximize effectiveness in that uh, bitstream transaction. So uh, I have two I have two questions as a result of that Andrew. First yeah. one, the first one is is to what extent are we are we endangered by the existence of Huawei in the 4G world? Uh-huh. Well, I, I mean, this is my perspective. It's not necessarily yeah. uh true or any sense, but you know, we we critic uh, in America, we criticize Huawei as it is essentially a a pseudo-state actor, um, as the private sector of China has largely been uh, integrated into that of the, uh, you know, People's Party of China, the Communist Party. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, I mean, they already have their hands in uh, a large... It, I mean, if we view 4G as, like, a network to gather data from, they already have a lot of uh, data that they're gathering and they have the ability of using uh, algorithmic analysis in order to be able to suss out more information from it um, or to observe your phone calls, you know, yada, yada. Um, I think that those same criticisms can be levied at the U.S. government and how we've handled, uh, you know, data security and or uh, our surveillance state after the Patriot Act. So, from my perspective, I see it very much as we're inside America. America is a large influencer and does kind of these same things, but maybe to a lesser extent, hypothetically. Uh, And China does them as well. And there are natural antagonisms that exist between us and China. And so, personally, I think that the rejection rejection of Huawei cell phones is, in in America, is kind of an example of us... uh, engaging in non-competitive business practices like their cell phone lenses are capable of doing uh, like rack focuses and zooming um, vastly past that of what US cell phone producers or South Korean producers can and so there's a technological gap that already exists between us so so that takes me exactly to the second question to what extent is this a do, uh, let, me, let me ask it. Let me ask it in a neutral way. Do, uh-huh. To what extent does does you do U.S. Uh, providers of five G have the ability to provide the same level of service as Huawei does? Um, that I'm uncertain. I would say okay. that Huawei has spent more time developing in this technology. Uh, the U.S. is a wider infrastructure, and thusly, five G would really only be built in uh, modern. Or sorry in urban sprawl areas in which it can be an effective choice to put it out there. Um, Mm -hmm. Past that, I would presume that there hasn't been very much development into 5G because America is mostly a uh, wide space that it would be ineffective to implement. Great. Okay. So, so with that, and thank you, Andrew, I appreciate you doing some research on this, on this, because it's more, you had more detail to that than I can possibly muster because uh, I, I I don't understand communications as well as you do, um, so what I what what we see in the first place is is that is that there is a lead there for China, but that lead gives them also the ability to do some do some spying. It's clear as you listen to the Kyle Bass clip from the previous from the previous segment that we are very concerned about the fact that uh, the Chinese do lift our technology they we will go into an agreement to build a plant in china build the plant with our technology and then down the road a second plant that looks identical is built that's 100 percent owned by the chinese and eventually at some point the the joint operating agreement between the between the uh u.s and chinese firm closes one plant and the second plant continues and gets all the business and that 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 has happened, and and there's no question that's ha- that's happened, and we and we want that to stop. On the other hand, we might be in this particular case um, cutting off our noses, to sp- cutting off our noses in terms of denying ourselves some technology that's there. 
Let me turn though to the other aspect of this, and 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 Andrew, we're going to push the Andrew Yank seg- uh, work to uh, actually the the uh, segment seven um, today because uh, I want to get across this one one additional point. What do we what do we know? We know right now that the impact on of this of this new additional fifteen percent tariff has been to add an additional one third of one percent, so that the total impact of tariffs on 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 the uh, on the Chinese economy, on their GDP, is running now between about six and seven tenths of percent, according to uh, GaveCal, uh, a, a research firm uh, in uh, in Hong Kong. Um, but I want to add to this uh, uh, some additional I- information, which is it's hurting the U.S. too, as Alan Greenspan said, and I can't emphasize this enough. These trade wars hurt both sides, but there's a winner to the trade war. The winner is the one that hurts less. And increasingly, there is evidence that the trade war is hurting is hurting the U.S. less than China. And I want to run through those examples for you right after this. King Banyan Show on Business 1440. He's a national radio host and former Fox News contributor and White House staffer. And he's coming to the Twin Cities on June 15th. Join us for Dive In, dinner and discussion with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Find tickets and details at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, Forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Minnesota's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports. A winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. If you could build the world's greatest radio station, where would you start? We'd begin by creating a live station that's able to provide breaking news updates. Then we'd install some of today's top political voices behind the mic. Finally, we'd craft a convenient way to listen with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not a work in progress. It's on the air now. AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent radio. Online at am1280thepatriot.com. Business 1440 and iHeartRadio, they go together like pennies and pinching. Listen anytime, anywhere at iHeart.com or with the free iHeartRadio mobile app. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440, 651-289-4477, if you want to get in the conversation. Getting lots of good feedback from listeners who are clearly smarter than I am about 5G. I, I, I just confess that uh, I have problems enough plugging a telephone into a wall. Don't ask me to give you statistics on the difference between 4 and 5G. It's just not what I can do. Uh 
those of you that might have just come over because we just tweeted at you that uh, we were going to talk about Andrew Yang, he's going to come up after the end, at, after the bottom of the hour, because uh, we just ran a little long with this 4G, 5G discussion, and I wanted to get this one more point across before we leave the trade issue. Um, that that point would be this: let's not let's not undersell the second point, which is the the administration, members of the administration, might be seeing that this is a particular moment of vulnerability for for uh, the Chinese at this moment, along two fronts. First of all, first of all, while we have suffered on our side regarding our farmers, the Chinese are having these massive issues regarding. Uh, of the of the sixth global pig forum okay how would you like to have that on your travel receipts the sixth global pig forum and the 16th china swine industry development conference this was this was held uh in um this was held in wuhan in eastern in eastern china earlier uh earlier in, in, in this week this is a report from bloomberg the country has a $128 billion pork industry, and the full extent of the damage of, of ASF, that's, a, that's African swine flu, um, is, is very large. Indeed, uh, the director of the China Animal Agricultural Association told the 400 people at, at the conference on Thursday that the economic impact of the virus on the swine industry will be stunning. Okay, so... The number of villagers reporting African swine fever cases in pigs in China peaked at over 30 in October of 18, but but in the last uh, in the last two months in March and April, another 18 have reported it. So it hasn't gone away. It's still it's still happening. Uh, uh, th- this uh, this person said China's pig industry must focus on how to stop the spread. Uh, uh, stop it spreading further, how to restore pork production, how to identify alternative sources of meat. This is a very important point. In countries that are, in, that are on that path to middle income from, be, from low income, which is what China has done in the last 35 years. It's moved from being a low income country in the 1970s to, to 1980 to... Uh, through its capitalism with Chinese characteristics uh, portion and the free econ- free enterprise zones of, of the uh, of the southeast of China, to nowadays being a country that has separating okay recognizing that there are measurement issues in in what really is Chinese GDP. Set those aside. I don't I don't think anyone who's been to China in the last ten years can walk away thinking that the place is still a low income country. It's middle income. If you've traveled in places like, let me think for a moment, think of Egypt or think about Malaysia's wealthier, Indonesia's probably probably wealthier, Philippines not. Um, China's at that level of development. China's probably better off than Egypt. Uh, China's probably almost as well off as South Africa. Um, particularly if you get outside of uh, uh, Cape Town and Johannesburg, um, if you take all those places and you, you put that together, China, the, the Chinese cities are doing very well. Chinese countryside, no, not nearly so well. It's it's still a pretty tough place, but that's true in lots of parts of the world. Okay, so so while our farmers are 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 shouting like Joe Steinkamp talking about what the impact on them uh, as being tough, it you know. That's having an impact in China as well, and you add to it this particular this particular piece. And then I also tweeted to you from a from a newsletter from Geopolitical Futures, which is the George Friedman organization, a newsletter written by by uh, Philip uh, Orchid um, or Orchard. I'm not sure how he pronounces his name, but the political landscape in China, even versus six months ago, feels like it's changed. When the 10% tariffs were put in place, and we knew it would have about a three to four tenths of 1% impact on China's economy. 
President Xi seemed willing to just sort of accept that, use some money to paper it over. They, you, we talked on the show before about the fact that they were they they were increasing credit to small and medium sized businesses. These being private business owners, not the state owned enterprises like like Huawei. They were doing that in essence to, in the same way that in the United States. We were using we're using some of the revenue we're getting from tariffs to send it over to businesses. Indeed, in this past week, the Wall Street Journal reported out that uh, that stalled trade talks. Uh, the U.S. Agri- excuse me, let me skip down. The U.S. Department of Agriculture, in the absence of a deal, is cobbling together a farm relief program that will total somewhere between fifteen to twenty billion dollars, according to Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue. This is the second such aid program since the trade began. Many farmers doubt that the scale of that aid is anywhere near sufficient to make up for the trade spat. Probably true, but at least allows the administration to say we're doing something. The Chinese are trying to say that too. But the impact on the U.S. economy is likely to be no more than a quarter of 1% regardless of that. Note that the Chinese applied an additional $60 billion worth of tariffs, or uh, ter- additional tariffs Monday on $60 billion of goods. They don't have any more goods from the United States to tariff, so they can put some more tariffs on the goods that are coming over. They can increase the rate, but they can't increase the breadth. The, the Trump administration still has about $300 billion of goods which currently don't receive a tariff that they could put a tariff onto. They can extract significant additional pain or impose significant additional pain. And the fact that the Chi, that, that, that President Chi has not really responded well, he's sort of cutting off the talks and, and done all that. And the reason for perhaps pulling back on the trade deal as it's been already, I think maybe an indication that he doesn't have as much latitude as, as, we as we think the same story i think is playing out uh, uh right now in venezuela where they're trying to figure out a way to settle the issue that that maduro you know you you have to you ask yourself why is it maduro just wiped out guaido and these folks i think because someone is staying staying that hand i think the reason why president chi could not make the deal and and actually had to back away and now has actually caused a loss of face for uh, and, a, and a loss of power it would seem for Luhay is that he doesn't have as much negotiating room as one might think people want to say well he's the he's the president for life he can do whatever he wants no the people's liberation army and the and the central committee of the of the communist party of china both have significant sway and are and are able to constrain the actions of even President Xi. All right. If he had agreed to the deal that, that had been written down, I mean, there is a reason. This is the real reason. That they don't want the deal written down. Not about it's not about enforcing it. They would have written the deal down. They could have come to an agreement on that. I believe the major sticking point for for Chi is in, is not that they were going to write the deal down, but that it would be public. Making it public would have caused not just a loss of face for him, but would have in fact exposed those areas which were were receiving the pain and would have caused that group to be identified for the potential of counteracting President Xi, developing a countervailing power within the Communist Party. Okay, It would have made the Chinese system look bad, and, and if eventually they would have had to go back on some of what they negotiated, it would have made the Chinese lose face in terms of making negotiations with the other places that they want to do business with, such as the EU. Okay. It was always going to be an issue, as 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 this uh, piece by Philip Orchard says. Orchard says it was always going to be an issue to get enforcement of this deal, uh, but trying to get it into law would have been trying to get it into law probably wouldn't matter because they could change the law at any time. The impact would have been political constraints, not. 
the legal constraints. The impact would have been on the politics. He can't take a 25% cut. Um, constraining him is probably people in Beijing. He can't sell the deal at as it was written. Someone's going to have to give him a little something to let him off the hook to get this deal done. I don't think it's going to happen. And I think as a result of that, this thing's going to go on for a long, long time. The impact of that's still to be seen. We'll be back after this. We're going to talk about Andrew Yang and and the universal basic income proposal he has here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. So, along with everything else you have to do day-to-day running your business, you're trying to manage your digital marketing and social media. It's a lot of heavy lifting. How can you compete? Well, first, lighten the load. Get in touch with Salem Surround. We take the mysteries of digital marketing off your shoulders and deliver customers so you can run your business. To compete in today's business world, you must utilize every digital marketing tool possible. But who has the time to research, learn, and access all the options? Our team at Salem Surround has the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof. It's easy, and there's no heavy lifting. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. There really are no limitations on how and where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com, connecting you with new customers. Hello, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAB Audiovisual. WNAB Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, draping, lighting, and all the related equipment, and also web streaming services. So your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Please contact us at wnav-video.com. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. Spring is finally here. You might be wondering about the condition of your roof and gutters. A lot of us had an enormous amount of snow and ice buildup, and you might be concerned if there has been any damage to your roof, possibly to your gutters as well. We'd love to give you an honest assessment, and if there's a need, we'd like to be there for you. Hi, this is Tim from the Kingdom Builders. I'm new with the team. I've been a contractor for 18 years, and when I needed a roof done for one of my customers, I called the Kingdom Builders, and I was impressed by their straightforward honesty and their abilities and the skills of their crews. God has really blessed the Kingdom Builders and opened the door for me to come and work with them. Really glad to have Tim as the newest member of our team. I'm excited to be part of the Kingdom Builders team. Give us a call at 612-900-9166, 612-900-9166, and find us on the web at thekingdombuilders.net. We're not salespeople. We're just great roofers. Welcome back, King Daniel Show, Business 1440. So we had a rare opportunity here on the King Daniel Show. We're, we're, we're in a little corner of radio land. Um, business radio is actually not that not that big in, around, the, around the country. I, I think we did some research once and we discovered that uh, Salem, I think, is actually one of our one of the bigger providers of uh, business radio in the country right now has has um, over 10 stations that do kind of what we do almost none of them that are based on my on my 
admittedly incomplete research, um, has a show like, like the King Banyan show. Um, indeed, it's my view that if Salem was, was really thinking about this, they should, they should be taking this show and playing it on all their stations that do business on weekends. Uh, maybe it'll happen sometime. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? But one thing that these we typically don't do then is we don't get the exposure that allows us to talk to too many uh, presidential candidates. That's one a- to talk about economic issues like we would want to. I don't get to ask Joe Biden questions about trade. I'm interested in what he might have to say, particularly given given his statement that that uh, China's not a big deal. I would like to hear that because I've had people on the show that have said it's a big deal, including uh, including uh, Congressman Pete Stauber. Um, not terribly long ago, back when he was a candidate. But Andrew, our our producer, um, was able to uh, get a chance through some of his connections to interview Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang is a candidate for President of the United States on the Democratic side. He will be one of the candidates you'll see in the debates on TV next month. He's He's met all those criteria. And I think it's fair to say that Andrew Yang has captured the attention of a lot of folks who aren't traditionally thinking of themselves as as a, as a base Democrat voter. That he's saying some different things. One of the things he's talking about, which I don't, which in a world where we have Medicare, Medicaid for all, and free college tuition. I don't know that there are many other candidates even discussing universal basic income. But uh, but uh, Andrew Yang um, is, in fact, talking about that. Andrew, first of all, could you give us like about a 30-second description of Andrew Yang's biography? Who is he and, and why should people be paying attention? You know, why is he, why is he uh, someone that actually would step forward and think he could run for president? You got it, King. Uh, Andrew Yang is a... Uh, Tech, or he previously was inside the tech sector. Uh, he left the tech sector in order to be able to add value into the local economies of uh, Detroit in the Midwest. Uh, after both globalization and automation that he had witnessed had de- decimated those economies and decimated the opportunities for jobs. Uh, he created a, uh, to my understanding, a nonprofit that's focused on educating people in being entrepreneurs, and he has been a part of creating uh, around 750 jobs by uh, facilitating the creation of uh, a large number of small businesses inside Detroit okay. through re-educating people. Well, that's fantastic. I think that's great. So we, so if you go to his website, which I believe is believe is uh, yang2020.com, yang2020.com, he's devoted a very significant piece of his, indeed on his top top piece, he's got Andrew's story, what is UBI policy volunteer, and then the store, if you want Yang swag, you can go there. Uh, but, but. The policy piece has, has sort of the usual potpourri of, of policy positions that these candidates all make. But he devoted a whole piece to UBI. And I have to say, I read a lot of economic blogs. Um, this is this is as useful um, as useful a, a source for understanding at least how he's thinking of UBI. It is it it really struck me that he's thought this out very clearly. Um, he's got a very detailed position on this, which is which is refreshing. Most candidates don't want to take strong positions with detail. He does. He talks about it quite a bit. And I encourage you to look at it, okay, at yang2020.com. Um, just because you hear a lot about, about universal basic income, it gets presented in a number of different forms, uh, Yang appropriately cites its roots in the negative income tax that was proposed by folks like Hayek and Friedman, which is why I talk about it, because it's worth remembering, right? President Richard Nixon, as, and Yang gives credit to, to Nixon and to the Republicans in the House of Representatives uh, in, in, I want to say, 1969, I believe. I believe it's the first year of the Nixon, first Nixon administration for passing the negative income tax that had been proposed by basically the version that had been proposed by Milton Friedman. 
What it does in essence is say, take the entirety of all the uh, of the welfare state as we know it, which gives you money in return for particular for if if you are in, if you meet certain qualifications, you get this money. It's called an entitlement. You are entitled to this because you are this, right? You are poor, so you get you get food stamps. You are poor, so you get a housing subsidy. You are poor, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You have children and have this income level, so you get this particular supplement. Okay, it says take that all apart, and we're just going to give we're going to give everybody a cash grant that's paid out of the general taxes, and we're going to take all that other stuff and do away with it. That is actually a pretty interesting idea. One of the criticisms that you hear of UBI, and interestingly it's been a right-to-left piece, has been, has been well, it doesn't really fairly target, um, it doesn't fairly target uh, uh, the poor. We want the money to go to the poor. We don't want the money to go to the non-poor. But UBI says everybody gets the same cash grant, right? And then... We pay for it through the tax system. So if you earn income, eventually you're going to pay taxes greater than the than the UBI grant. And so on net, we'll have taken it back away from you. But you all get to pay one rate, right? You all get you you all get this particular grant. So what what I asked for Andrew to Andrew producer Andrew to ask Andrew Yang was. You know, what do you say to the criticism that you're not you're not sufficiently targeting your your money on the poor? Okay, on the poor, then the fact people who are able-bodied and probably could live could earn a living will get this grant, and maybe in fact it will end up not. They'll end up that they won't get that they won't work, right? And so Andrew asked the question, and 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 so we have the question in Andrew and Andrew Yang's answer. Andrew, why don't you play that clip for us, please? Our existing welfare programs do have some very negative incentives attached to them where you get fewer benefits if you do better. And at the extreme, you feel like you can actually lose your benefits entirely if you recover from a disability. Uh, And so, uh, to me, putting a dividend in place actually is a way to help improve the incentives, uh, help keep more families and communities functional, uh, and... You know, when you say positive discrimination, it's like like one of the reasons why our programs incentives are, aren't operating in the way we'd like is that mm-hmm. we are essentially saying to people, look, we will give you more if you have higher need. Mm-hmm. And then people's needs, unfortunately, tend to stay fixed. So I'll, I couldn't figure out exactly uh, trying to get to what what all that answer was so that what you so you cut off the question entirely and that was just that was just yang's answer correct yes okay so what did you think of that answer as you're hearing it um i thought it was pretty reasonable i mean like i could we were both pretty emotionally drained from uh networking uh that day that was like the very Mm -hmm. last interaction that he had during uh his visit to the minneapolis yeah, um, I saw the video, and it was pretty clear that his, that his uh, I don't know if it was a campaign manager or a scheduler, mm-hmm. but one of his staff was trying to get him get him out of, you were, you were outdoors in a park, and they were trying to get him out of the park. Oh, yeah, must As have. you're trying to get your, your last question, and that was, mm-hmm. in fact, the last question. Yeah, and, you know, I was grateful for it. Uh, what I thought of it was, um, it was uh, an appropriate response to the kind of, um, uh, meandering question that I provided him, uh, I think really emphasizing i think he could have emphasized on how it would have decreased bureaucracy uh for those entitlement programs and end up saving a significant amount of money for our nation uh i think that could have been a nice uh icing that he could have added on to that uh answer cake yeah i thought so and i mean so he doesn't talk about doesn't talk about that that particular aspect of it the entire if you obviously Obviously, you're going to have the uh, the uh, IRS now administering this this particular cash grant instead. Okay, that that would be that's how the negative income tax works. Um, he's a little dodgy about how the grant gets paid, but the the easiest way would be to go dig up that old. I want to say it's 1969. I could be wrong on that date, but that first that 
that Nixon era bill, they could just dust off that bill and pass it, have have President Yang sign it, and you would have in effect the UBI. Um, but I, I find it interesting because you, you know if you the we've done this research and I've had uh, our our one our occasional guest host uh, John Spry's talk, talk about this. Where if you if what you get rid of are all those cliffs where if you get income over a certain amount, then all of a sudden this benefit goes from being paid to just not being paid. It implies a tax rate that is sometimes in excess of 100 percent and it becomes a real disincentive for people to lift themselves up out of poverty, uh, earn their success and, and become contributing members of society uh, or contribute their 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 creativity, I, I should say. In, in, in the market economy where I think it has the most value. He didn't go to that particular point. Um, I think, you know, so when I ask the question, when I have you ask the question, what do you do with the, what do you do with this, that side about the, about the fact that it's going to the non-poor? Um, he doesn't, he doesn't really want to confront that question. I thought terribly much. Um, but he does say on his on this wonderful page, and I really do like it. He says he says he actually addresses questions like, "Won't people spend their money on dumb things like drugs and alcohol?" He actually cites the studies. Okay, he cites the studies that say there's no evidence that uh, that when you give when you give the poor a cash subsidy that they spend more on drugs and alcohol. Um, oftentimes, in fact, uh, you know, go to Alaska, right? People regularly, he writes, people regularly put the petroleum dividend they receive from the state in accounts for their children's education. It gets used, it gets used in a different way. You know, won't people stop working? He addresses that. He actually cites an MIT study, a Harvard MIT study. This is a, this is a guy that's really thought this stuff through. I cannot wait. I will tell you, I don't know, I, I don't see myself voting for this fellow, but I, I will say this much. I can't wait to see him on stage and actually see him hammer the the universal basic income as a point. I hope that the format gives him enough oxygen to actually make his point clearly. Um, and, 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 and can't wait to hear more. But, Andrew, great that you're able to get to talk with him, to, 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 to ask a question about this and for us to highlight it. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts WOW11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting WOW11 to 88988. That's WOW11 to 88988. What would you do if you knew how to invest like the pros? If you could learn the strategies designed to make the right move, whether the market's going up or down, what would you do if you knew the things Online Trading Academy could teach you? Online Trading Academy is a world leader in financial education. We've helped thousands of people just like you become confident, self-directed investors. Whether you're looking to develop skills designed to generate additional income or to grow your retirement savings, OTA can provide you with valuable knowledge that can help you learn to meet your goals. The best time to take control of your financial future is now. So what are you going to do now that you know? Dial pound 250 on your cell phone. Use the keyword OTA. Again, that's pound 250, keyword OTA, or go to learnwithota.com. Again, learnwithota.com. 
This is Michael Medved at michaelmedved.com for Town Hall. Representative Rashida Tlaib, Democrat of Michigan, has delivered some of the most ignorant and incoherent statements ever made about the Israeli-Palestinian dispute. She claims that the reemergence of the Jewish state was in the name of trying to create a safe haven for Jews, and then adds, and I love the fact that it was my ancestors, Palestinians, that provided that right. Of course, this ignores the genocidal riots by Palestinians that killed thousands of Jewish civilians in the 1920s and 30s. Palestinians never provided a safe haven for Jews, but in fact supported Nazis and encouraged the Holocaust while doing their level best to shut all routes of escape from Hitler's inferno. What's most striking about Representative Taleb's indefensible anti-Semitic gibberish isn't its malevolence, but rather its breathtaking stupidity. I'm Michael Medved. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate leadership degree. Apply by June 15th for fall classes. Welcome back, King Daniel Show, Business 1440. Gosh, lots of great discussion. We're getting... We've been get, I've been getting continued uh, tips on 5G. A reminder, um, and I just I just sent uh, through our side chat um, since uh, Andrew and I are are approximately 80 miles apart when we do this show together. Um, a reminder that there's uh, actually a book that I just sent to him that, that Charles Murray did that was on universal basic income. Um, uh, ten thousand, you know, give every American age twenty-one and older ten thousand dollars a year for life. Um, that's that's still out there. I mean, it's been, and I think I think he originally wrote that book back in the early two thousands. I think that was a re-release of the book. Um, yes, I think that's right. I think he originally wrote that well well back in the early two thousands. Um, so, and I appreciate uh, Narn fan for sending that over. Um, so, <laughs> although he also writes, uh, if you need a UBI, you did something wrong decades ago. Um, well, I think I might disagree with you about that. I think I might have to say that, you know, I, I had some significant discussions this week with a group of business leaders regarding automation. There was a story in, uh, one of our, in our local paper of, of one of our leading manufacturers, um, who had just bought robotics to do what looks like in, uh, inspection inspection built into a pick. With a, with a machine that had a robotic arm to it. Looks pretty cool. You, ha- you have to ask yourself, and this is a question that, that e-commerce has been asking over the last five years. We tend to think of machines, generally speaking, as increasing wages because you've added capital to each worker. But that doesn't imagine that there's types of technology out there that in fact replace workers rather than rather than enable workers. Right? So I find, you know, so uh I get I get a, f- a piece from uh from a fellow talking about uh of the, one of the fellows that sent me uh, an email with slides from a, a piece on 5G that he heard. He says, "Hey, look, 5G autonomous driving cars can't expand safely without 5G. You can't you can't have autonomous driving cars." It's like, "Yeah, I I kind of get that. 5G will be all over the place." Well, what happens if you have autonomous driving cars? What happens to truck drivers? What happens to the number of cars we own? And if that's true, what happens to the number of people that are selling automobiles? What happens to the amount of repairs? There are all kinds of these changes, and the questions you have to ask is, how long does it take to do those replace? How long does it take to do those replacements? You know, how long does it take for for our labor force to move to the new jobs that will be created as these old jobs go out of existence? It takes a while. Um. If you go back and look at the UK back in the in the early half of the 19th century, there's a period of stagnant to declining wages for for uh, mill workers, those working in the textile industry, as machines replaced the the hand labor that had created the textiles of the 18th century. And it's, it goes on for almost 30, 40 years before those workers eventually are 
reallocated and redirected into more productive places. And you get the big industrial revolution of the second half of the 19th century. But people forget that the first 30, 40 years of that period had periods in in places where there was significant economic stagnation and conflict as a result. That that process, I, I, I could go on with that for for another hour. I have I did I did about an hour long presentation automation. I might I'm going to try to bring it out and do it again uh, at some point. So so, but um, I, I I really think that people who are saying if you need UBI, then then we're really screwed. We might be screwed for reasons other than UBI, and UBI might be in fact be a be a way to provide an easier transition for people to find those additional jobs. I always point out it's $10,000 a year. I can promise you, having had children um, who were making about $10,000 a year, they didn't live without some kind of support. For the most part, it came from mom and dad. And if you have a college kid, chances are they're in the same boat. Hey, before I go, I can't. I, I have to pause for a moment to, to wish... Uh, a rest in peace to Alice Rivlin, uh, who passed away at 88 uh, recently. Um, she is the uh, she is, was the first director of the Congressional Budget Office. I had a tweet this morning at Pound KBRS put up a great story by David Henderson with an interview of of uh, Rivlin uh, uh, from early on. She's just a remarkable career. I got to meet her. I, we did a conference on Reaganomics. I was a second year, no, third year, pardon me, third year grad student at Claremont. I was working for the Center for the Study of Law Structures at Claremont at the time, and we were helping organize the conference, and so I got to meet some of the speakers. I will say Rivlin was one of the nicest people to meet. She was interested in what people were doing. She was interested in talking to 22, 23, 24-year-old grad students who probably was just trying to figure out what they were doing in their careers just just uh just a, a great person very much a, a center left kind of person a person uh, you know admired the clintons um but a really solid economist and a lot of what uh, the congressional budget office has today in its ability to warn us about the impact of debt and and where debt is going we probably owe in no small part to the work of alice rivlin um, so uh, rest in peace and thank you for a life well, a life well served and, 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 and greatly accomplished. Uh, thank you, Andrew, for all the material, particularly the interview with Andrew Yang, uh, the question with Andrew Yang. Appreciate that as well. We'll be back next week with another episode of the King Banyan Show here on Business 1440. See you then. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare Minnesota's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no obligation quote. 1-800-930-2646. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-930-2646. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-930-2646. 1-800-930-2646.
Hey, it's Lee Michaels here with one of the newest members to the Patriot family. I am proud to be associated with Mike Murphy with EXP Realty. Now, it's a name that's familiar to some of you, but it's not our Mike Murphy. It's our new Mike Murphy. Mike, it is great to have you here. Thanks, Lee. We are excited to work with the Patriot and your listeners. Now, tell me, what makes EXP Realty different? EXP is a cloud-based brokerage. We like to call it the future of real estate. A lot of people get frustrated with the gimmicks and overpromises of many real estate agents. We pride ourselves on being different. No gimmicks, just great service. When you call our number, you will speak to me or my wife, Sharon, not an inexperienced team member. So if they want to speak to you or your wife, Sharon, how do they get a hold of you? Give us a call at 651-216-7870 or go to MikeMurphyTeam.com. It's that simple. If you're thinking about selling your home, check out Mike Murphy Team with eXp Realty. 651-216-7870 or online at Mike Murphy Team.